what up, what up, what up? It's your boy Ferg, and this is your favorite podcast, Three Brothers No Sense. As usual, I'm joined by my great co-hosts, Arazio Mancarella and Byron Evans Buff. Uh, fellas, tell them what's on your mind. I just like how we five shows in and we already tell the people we're their favorite podcast. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Because we are. We are. Yeah, we really are. That's the thing. We we are. We are their favorite podcast. We appreciate hey. all the listeners. We appreciate you guys sticking with us uh, through these four or five episodes that we've already had. Great responses. Even the technical difficulties. Uh, we're sorry about that. We're on the phone with Spotify and Apple uh, Podcasts, everybody trying to get it fixed. But we appreciate you guys sticking around for it. Hey, fellas, I saw a post earlier on Facebook, and it was saying there's a pretty much, I'm paraphrasing, there's a thin line between a bold-faced lie and speaking it to existence. So that's where I'm going with this. Oh, I saw that. (laughs) (laughs) So that was my thing. So once again, your favorite podcast, Three Brothers No Sense. But before we get started, fellas, um, I want to take a second and express what we've talked about before, that our hearts go out to our hometown and all the people that were involved and affected by the recent shooting at uh, Lad People Stadium this past Friday. There were several people who were injured, and at the end of the day, they're all doing okay from my understanding. But uh, another point of, you know, is the the children that were involved, you know, all the kids that were running for their lives and the fear that goes with being in that type of environment. And also my heart goes out to the young man and hoping that he's going to be okay through it all. So um, anything you guys want to say on that? I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad you said uh, your heart goes out to the young man because that seems to be the most divisive thing in what has happened. Like, you know, the the obvious stuff as far as it's a tragedy, it's a shame, we're all sad that it happened. That goes without saying. That's obvious. But, um, you know, to have empathy for what drove him, there was a failure somewhere in his upbringing, in his education or something. Uh, I heard that maybe he was picked on or whatever the case may be. But whatever drove him to think that he needed a gun and bring it to that place and harm innocent people, that was a failure or a breakdown somewhere. You can just ignore it and say, no, he was just dead wrong and we don't need to have any empathy. But until you understand issues and problems, you're never going to be able to solve them. So it's easy to dismiss them. But like you said, Ferg, heart goes out to his family too. Yeah. And and with that, I challenge everybody that's affected to take a look at those underlying issues and be the change. So go out, talk to people about mental health issues, bullying, gun control, whatever it is, um, go out and actually talk about it with other people, put people in place that you know support being able to fix those things. Because if it was at school and he was being bullied, it, does LaFleur or Williamson or whatever school in Mobile County, does Mobile County have a strong enough anti-bullying uh, policy? Uh, you know, do they have enough counselors there to help those kids that are being bullied and talk them through uh, what's going on with them? Are this are the counselors accessible? Because um, I, I remember being in high school and, you know, the counselors had their favorites and their picks. And if you weren't in the clique, uh, you didn't really talk to the counselor. So, you know, making sure that they're accessible and they can be talked to and everything. So I, I think all the parents, everybody that's affected, don't stop at 
hopes and prayers uh, or thoughts and prayers. Go out and do what you can to make the change. All right, man. I appreciate you saying that and you as well, Byron. Moving along, I can't uh, keep going out bringing up your favorite president. I think that's your favorite president, Byron, that was speaking on the hurricane recently. The imaginary category five that he's never heard of. <laughs> but he talked about in 2017. So <laughs> we just, you know, thoughts and prayers again for Alabama. So, you know, since y'all are going to get hit by this hurricane, according to him, uh, I know Byron probably can't talk much about uh, that and everything. I, I, I oh, can't either, bad. actually. Um, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> you know, right. Josh, I, I'll just, uh, I, I'll, I'll hit him with the no comment. Just no, no comment. <laughs> hey, and I I know we got to get to the questions and everything, but man, I have to hit back on this. We discussed this a few weeks ago about black names, and I know you've all seen the coldest to ever do it, Crawford. Man. My whole boy, my brother from another mother. Man, what did you guys name. think when you saw that name? Um, I ain't gonna lie. I chuckled a little bit when I saw it, but... Uh... I stand by what I said on that episode that we had that, you know, as long as, you know, some thought was put into the name and I, I wasn't there. So obviously I don't know, but as long as some, some serious thought was put into the name, I'm okay with it, man. It's okay to be different, man. It's 2019. Yeah. We're, we're not used to different yet. Like, like you said, you know, there's that thin line between BSing and speaking it into existence. And I think his parents were right on that line saying, we're speaking this into existence. He's going to be the coldest to ever do it. Man, you know, I was watching, I forgot who it was. It might have been Kevin on stage or somebody. They brought up a point. It's like, is he the only child? So oh, if it was oh, Byron, man. Byron or Rockhill, <laughs> it the coldest. Oh, yeah. Because right. if, if I'm his sibling, I'm beefing with my parents. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just John Crawford. Nah, you, the other one. The other one. <laughs> the coldest next, and the other one. The next next up. Well, <laughs> unlike the coldest, we're not getting a lot of uh, endorsements, so we got to uh, go ahead and pay bills. You know what I'm saying? So um, oh, yeah. go ahead and listen to this. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, we're back. Your favorite podcast, Three Brothers No Sense. That's what my third, fourth time saying it. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking into existence, fellas. Well, as usual, I will start it off. Man, I had a, a whole nother question on the table, but I think what we were talking about earlier led me to this question. So we all have kids. You know, I think we are good role models and we've been blessed to avoid certain situations growing up that could have went easily left and all of our lives could have turned out differently. My question for you guys as the head of your household, what do you think is the most important thing you guys can teach or show your kids to prepare them for life? Oh, okay. The most important? It might be, it could be most, you know, if it's one or two things, you know, 
We got time. Yeah. You know what, man? I, that definitely could uh, that definitely could have a, a a very long answer if need be. But I think the first thing that comes to my mind, and of course, I'll probably think of something better after the show. But right now, I would say accountability, accountability, man, because in all phases, man, in all decisions that you make, you gotta you gotta be accountable for it. And if you can't own up to a decision you made, own up to a choice you made then I, I don't know how you're going to ever succeed because you got to be able to acknowledge when you make mistakes, when you got this wrong, when you got that wrong, and when you got something right, you got to know when to uh, listen to advice that you may get. So I just think being accountable for your actions um, is, is a very, very important thing because as we know, all actions have consequences. So that's the first thing that comes to my mind on that one, man. For, for me... I think it's a little different. So it's by child, realistically, because all of my kids have strengths, all my kids have weaknesses. And so what I have to do is I have to try to fill in those gaps where those weaknesses are and teach them how to use their weakness. So I guess if you want a blanket answer, that's the answer, trying to teach them how to fill in their gaps. So for like Oliver, he's really reserved he's an introvert and everything so for me i feel like i have to teach him how to get out of his own way and be assertive you know in in situations and not shrink into the background because he's never going to get ahead like that he has to be able to you know show people that he can take control when needed and things like that uh and so being the youngest child that's always hard for younger children a lot of times the oldest kid usually takes over uh sophie you know answers questions for him oliver sometimes doesn't even have a chance to answer questions when people ask him because sophie will answer for him and so for him i think is that that assertiveness and teaching him that uh sophie on the other hand is probably the flip side of it is she's a super extrovert. She, you know, wants everybody to know how smart she is because both of them are very, very smart. The problem is Sophie shows it off and Oliver being an introvert, he's like, you you won't even know he knows things until he finally like says it. So for Sophie, I have to teach her how to, I guess, fit in or not seem arrogant because uh, that was something that I had to learn if I ever learned it. I don't know if I really ever learned yeah, it, I was about to but... Ask. <laughs> You know, I think teaching her how to not intimidate people is probably the best thing I could probably teach her so that wow. she can get ahead. How how old is Oliver? Uh, he's four, almost five. He'll be five in November. Okay, so about four years ago when we got those cabinets in Tennessee, he didn't seem like an introvert when he was all on my wife's breast and um, I mean, smiling and licking his tongue out. Yeah, I, Oliver's, like Oliver's a player now. He he that's the thing, but he's that quiet player, right? Like he's the one that's over there. Y'all, y'all doing y'all thing, you know, being guys, y'all out running the football and doing all that. Ollie over there hugged up with your girl. You know, <laughs> so I, yeah, I didn't see I didn't see the introvertness that day. So okay. hilarious. <laughs> Young Oliver. Man, I mean, you guys really made me think. Um, because I didn't have an answer for this. <laughs> you know, um, this the the whole conversation about the young man and that was shooting in Mobile and assuming the ball was dropped somewhere. You know, everybody has that conversation that blame the parents, the parents should do more, blame the school. But it's is there anything that could have been taught to this person to help them 
be better or make better decisions. And I think the the biggest thing I can teach is to be happy being you. Mm, that's a good one. You know, it's embrace you. You know, at one point I've been called arrogant once or twice in my life. And I used to have this saying, embrace your inner fervor. And what that meant was just embracing being you. You're no, there's nobody else like you. There's no, nothing that anybody can do that's going to really change who you are deep down. So you have to embrace that, you know? And I think it's, that's something, I don't know if we need to help our kids build better self-image. And because they think so highly of themselves, like you said, by being accountable where they know that, hey, this bullying is only temporary because I, the, the life that I have planned for myself, my, my inner greatness, my destiny is bigger than this. Somebody picking on me, somebody taking, trying to talk to my lady, whatever the case may be. But I, I really, I struggle with that. You know, um, I was in the perfect world. We all think we're going to be there for our kids until they walk across the aisle and have a family of their own. And hopefully we're there to see our grandkids and everything like that. But, you know, if we weren't, if we left today, what, what would, what we want our kids to know or be taught by us? I mean, they're young, but that's my biggest thing is always, you know, wanting to make sure the time I have with my daughter and my young son who's only three months that I make it impactful. And then I'm pouring into them being happy, being you, you know? So. And, and, I, and you, you have to say this these days in no way am I justifying him being bullied as it being okay to bring a gun. I'm not saying that I'm just, and first, first of all, I don't even know if he was bullied. That's just one of the things I heard. Uh, so I'm not justifying that, but, you know, something led him to believe that that's what he needed at that, uh, at that uh, stadium down in our hometown, man. And I guess you could say he was accountable because he did turn himself in. So I don't know who talked him into doing that, but he did turn himself in. So that's something to think about there too. Yeah. So, but I like, I like what you said about being comfortable with yourself. Um, like I talked about Sophie Ollie being so different and then even Haley is uh, super different from them. It's one of those things that growing up, Sophie's strong in some things, Oliver's strong in others, and being able to be okay with not being the best at everything, uh, being comfortable with how you are, being comfortable that, you know, they go to a predominantly white uh, elementary school and Sophie has already come home saying I want to straighten my hair you know I want my hair like all the other girls and so my hair's too kinky or it's too big uh so making sure that she understands that she's beautiful and and she can be different and it's okay and and she's comfortable uh in herself so I I, I definitely think that's something that you have to constantly work at with them uh as they go through you know life and learn that they are different in so many ways and, and that's okay to be different. We went through that with Jasmine too, with the hair and all that stuff, man. So mm -hmm. <clears throat> definitely know where you're coming from with that. So, so suggestions on that then, since y'all, y'all went through it, like how, how'd y'all kind of get her past that or, or have you got her past that? Are you still dealing with it? A lot of it comes with, I think age. Um, and Tabitha definitely had a lot of, talks with her 
in my eyes, that's why I started liking Blackish so much, because I feel like I'm just like Dre in so many ways. In my eyes, she still hasn't fully embraced, you know, her her color and, and all of that stuff. She says she has, but like even with the drawings, I told you how she, you know, does all these sketches and she'll show me a sketch and I'll be like, okay, let's uh let's draw some brown people too. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, um, I definitely think it'll come with age. And I've already told Tabitha as she gets older, I'm gonna start. I'm going to take it upon myself to start introducing her to her history because it's not going to be taught in school mm-hmm. to her history and just, you know, reaffirming how beautiful she is and how beautiful Black is and, you know, yeah. hopefully to get and, through. And, and her history that didn't start at slavery. Like, yes. You yes, know, that's the yes, other part about it is, yeah. is all that history that before uh, like that. slavery, the history after slavery that was positive because we so often we think of Black history as the negative aspects of the black culture. Uh, so definitely uh, do that. And I know she draws a lot of anime characters and everything. Uh, and it's hard to find black characters in anime. I was anime thinking Boondocks. Isn't Boondocks considered the, the it's way not they're anim- drawn? It's not anime, but it's close to anime. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I've got a bunch of uh, like black anime characters. If um, I'll shoot them over to you. So then maybe you can yeah. introduce some of those. So that she can kind of start feeling it. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a couple good ones. They even got a, a black Pokemon trainer coming out on in the next Sword and Shield that's coming out. So yeah, people are excited about that one. And for the record, she has drawn some brown people. people okay. People, so I just, but I just, you know, make sure you continue to include those. Jazz. Mm-hmm. Well, we dealt with that with Sky as well, um, because I'm in Texas, and I mean, it's variety of people and. We had to, and actually, Lily, a, a little boy told her that he didn't play with brown people. Wow! And wow. I mean, and this is she's four, so this might have been a year ago. And I mean, yeah, it 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 hurt my heart, but our response to that was, outside forget him, was exactly. <laughs> think about all the people that you love and that love you that are brown. And so we had her list everybody that she loved that was brown. And that loved her that was brown and, you know, how beautiful they were and how many different shades of brown they were. And it really helped her feel more confident about her being a brown girl in her class. And my daughter, uh, you know, from the day she was born, people were calling her chocolate drop, you know, so she she has a darker complexion. And so that's something she's probably going to deal with her entire life. But my goal is, you know, to start pouring that, that self-awareness and that pride in being who you are from day one. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a touchy subject, especially when it comes to your little girl and you want to, that little boy almost caught these hands. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to what Byron said. Just like Ollie did in, in cabins. That time. <laughs> All right, fellas. I mean, that was, that was a good conversation, man. We can keep that going for a while. I just want to, uh, we'll kind of we might hit that back up on the the Facebook group and go in a little more com- uh, deeper conversation about that. So who's up next? All right, um, uh, you want to take it, Rosie? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. So you guys know I I, I shot out a text to make sure you guys were cool with uh, this topic before because I didn't want to bring it up because it might be some controversy following I it. I don't remember that text, but okay. Okay. Right. So, yeah, good, right. good. That's, it's it's going to be a surprise for you. So, I was watching Dave Chappelle's latest uh, comedy special, 
and he was talking about uh, the L's, the B's, the G's, and the T's. Uh, and in one of his older specials, he talked about he had sex with a trans woman unknowingly, uh, and then he found out after that it was a trans woman. So what I want to know is how would you guys react back in the day before you were married and everything else if you had slept with a trans woman and then found out they were trans after the fact? Poof. <laughs> uh, okay. Feel like you... Uh, yeah, I didn't think that was going to be the question. Yeah, I feel like you setting this up, but okay. Oh, that's fine. Uh, if we had sex with a trans and, and didn't know, but found out later? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so they didn't have the whole so, surgery so, so, right there. Chappelle said he liked it, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're assuming... All right, all right. So this is a very hypothetical. We're assuming that it, you couldn't tell there was a difference. So they didn't have the full surgery. Yeah, full full surgery... You can't tell the difference, but then you find out after the fact that they used to be a man. All right, man. Here we go. Here we go. In the hot water we go. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to stress this, and I'm sure those that won't like it will still find a way to dissect it in a way I didn't mean it. Um, I I have no problem with, you know, that lifestyle anything. I would never want to partake in it because I am a straight heterosexual man. So I wouldn't want that. And if I found out, I would not be happy at all about that. And I would go so far as to say, I I wonder if it would, I wonder if it would mess me up psychologically. I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't like it though. I know I wouldn't like it. I would be mad. But at the end of the day, I mean, what can you do? It's it's done. I mean, it's not like you can go and put hands on the person or anything like that. I mean, I, I just wouldn't like it, but I, I don't know how to found any more than that. I wouldn't like it. <laughs> Would you feel betr- like I'm trying to, I'm, I'm with you, you know what I'm saying? Like, and since we're having this conversation, I am, I prefer to be with cis women. Is that the proper term? No, cis cis females, cis. Well, you guys are up on your terms. I, I, what is that? I, I think so. I so it's the opposite of trans. So trans is when you. This is because I'm biology and chemistry. When you have the the opposite sides, cis same so cis male. So the new thing is cis male, <laughs> cis female. Like it's it's real. C I S. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's like I'm a I prefer because I can't even say I'm attracted because you wouldn't you you wouldn't have known, you know what I'm saying? So you can't say I'm attracted to only to be politically correct. You don't want to say real women, but I'm only attracted to women that were born women. And that's what a cis female is. But you can't say you're attracted because you, you, you went through, you did the do, but I prefer cis female. So wait a minute, wait wait, a minute for, I got to interrupt you. I'm sorry. So is saying uh, a real woman, is that, that's like, that's no good. I don't know, dude. I, I, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think so. I, I, okay, well, I, I'm gonna stick my neck out there. There's a real woman, real woman. That's yeah. again, that's nothing against transgenders, but you can you can have the operation. You can 
carry, you know, carry on in your life as a woman. But I really do feel like women are inherently born with certain uh, emotions. They get, you know, they get their cycle every month and all that stuff. That's a real woman. I'm sorry. Maybe a blind spot for me, but if you that's... guys can only see first face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Proceed. You're in Proceed. trouble, Byron. Proceed. So cis versus trans. In the context of chemistry, cis indicates that the functional groups are on the same side of the carbon chain, while trans conveys that the functional groups are on opposing sides of the carbon chain. So cis is same side. So you were born the same way, trans, as you switch. I was in, I had a minor in chemistry. So that's why cis and trans made sense to me, but that's why they use that terminology. But like I said, it was, I would feel, I'll be at ends. Cause you know, like I would feel betrayed because I prefer, like I said, cis females. I think that's the right term or cis women. I don't know, cis something, but it's, it's, it's a weird concept because, like you said, you can't put the, your hands on them. But hey, she used to be a man. If you felt that strongly about it, but at the same time, does does that person have a right to live their life? And they're like, well, you were attracted to me until you found out this. Right. And so, you know, I look, I tried, I dig too deep into everything. Like, yeah, I would be upset. I I couldn't see myself like getting in a relationship or. Would it, would it just because that's my preference, you know. Um, but when I say that, when you when I when think about what we're saying, it's 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 touchy, you know what I'm saying? Like it's why would I want to be in a relationship with this type of person? You know, you like think, the Do you think it would mess you up psychologically? I don't know, man. You know that you know the adage, you like you 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 it's all or nothing with guys, you know, it's like <laughs> I can't wait to hear Rising answer on this. I don't know, man. I just... R- Rising, are you the most progressive out of us three? Uh, I don't, <laughs> it, 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 no, it depends. It depends on what we're talking about. Because I'm probably the most conservative when it comes to, like, fiscal responsibility, economics, that type of thing. I'm really conservative. Like, you guys Absolutely. say I'm almost a Republican when it comes to stuff like that. But the only problem is I don't like trickle-down economics. So we won't get into any of that. But... When it comes to social issues, I'm probably one of the more liberals. Uh, so, yeah, I probably am more, more progressive than you guys on uh, those types of issues. So I, I agree with you, Byron. It would mess me up in the head. I, d- I don't know where I would go after that. I mean, because I, I guess it really depends on when it happened. Like, if it was a one-night stand, we got drunk, it happened, and I... I find out then and I, I don't have any like real relationship like there was no time for you to really tell me um then I probably wouldn't be as mad uh and I probably wouldn't go any further I I, I, I can't see myself saying oh well you know you're trans and we've already done the do so let's continue this relationship I like you like I, I don't see that but if it's been we've been dating for you know, a month and we've gone on multiple dates and everything like that. And you had a chance to tell me. And then all of a sudden we, we do. And then boom, after we do to do, Hey, I'm trans. Wait a minute. <laughs> At that point, like first said, I feel like it's the betrayal of 
you had time to tell me. Like you, this is something you should have told me. Like you should have told me if you had AIDS or if you had something else, and let me ha- actually be able to make that decision yeah. before we went there. And um, that's what I wanted. I was thinking the same thing, Rosie, but I wanted to be careful because when you make comparisons, especially to something negative, we're downing their lifestyle, or it can be taken as a way a knock at their lifestyle. Does that make sense? Us to eight, yeah, yeah, you yeah. I, I got it. Not, yeah, I, I don't want it to fa- feel like Nate. I'm just saying it's something. It's 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 on that level of seriousness to people. Like we, I, that's something you need to share with me before we become intimate. That's not something it's, that it's, you tell me after the fact. It's like, a man, being, it's like a man being intimate with a woman and saying, oh, by the way, I'm I, still, I still live with my wife. We, 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 we separated, but you know, the divorce ain't final yet. I, I like that, Byron, yeah. I like that. So I have a lifestyle that I live and a lifestyle that I prefer. And I have things laid out and we're dating and all of a sudden, oh, oh yeah, by the way, I'm married. Mm, you should have told me that two months ago. I like you. There's nothing wrong with you, but I don't date married, married women. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I think that was a great comparison because I, I don't want to knock their lifestyle. And I don't want to say, hey, you have the right to be who you, who you want to be and be with who you want to be. But I think you at least owe me, if, especially if it's a, and I didn't even think about that, Rosie, the one I stand versus the relationship, which I'm still not with the one night stand, but that fact that they didn't give a chance to tell you might make it a little less gut punchish, I guess. But where if you dated this person for months or weeks or whatever the case may be, you get into a full-blown relationship and they chose to withheld such an important part of their life as we're getting to know, because I think that's it. We're getting to know each other in a relationship, but you leave out things like that. And um, and, I, and I'm not even saying they have to leave with it. I, I I don't think that's a first date conversation, probably, for me. I, I really don't. I, I, I feel like... Ferg, <laughs> if you disagree, speak up, brother. No, it's just funny that he said it's not a first date. So, like, look, I usually don't tell people on a first date, but uh, I used to be a man. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so I mean, I, I mean, it's it's a weird concept because you don't. Do they have the right? The question is, do they have the right not to tell you? Right to mislead you, because that's really what it, it it almost is, right? Like I, I they know, and, and because of society, they know that most people have the mentality or the idea that, especially if I'm a male dating a trans male or uh, just a female in general, somebody that looks like a female, they know that most people assume that they're a natural female. And so what ends up happening is I I, I, actually, I I may backtrack on that. That might be a first date conversation. Like, Hey, you know, I used to be a man before we get down this road. Listen, I don't, I I could be wrong, but I, I assume when they go to that length, you know, to have the surgery and all that stuff, they truly feel like that they are a woman. So they have taken the necessary steps to become a woman. I don't think they go through all that just to blow their cover on the first date, if ever. I could be wrong, but I'm not sure if they would truly ever say anything. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But and, that, and that's like I, I think said. that's a deeper question. Like, do they do they owe that to you? 
My personal answer, yes. But trying to look at it from their point of view, if you went through all that, you know, I'm a woman, I use the woman, women's bathroom, I identify as a woman, but in the most, I would say one of the most important parts of becoming a woman is dating. You blow your cover on that. I don't know if they see it that way. So like, and I understand. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but it, once again, it goes back to, I, I feel betrayed. Yes. Me too. And, and I mean, I get it. And I'm trying to be open-minded and to the point where like they have their rights, they should be able to live their life. Like you said, especially if they've been living alive for God knows how long, but yet it's still, if I prefer certain things, it's just like going on a date or dating someone that, you know, that you you're serious with and wanting to have kids and them knowing they can't have kids or never plan on having kids and them betraying you or lying, you know, telling you that, Hey, I prefer to have kids one day and now we can't have kids. You should have led with that before we got in a serious relationship or got married or something. This is something that we had these conversations. So I guess, I guess the new world, and I'm glad I'm not in this new world. You have to ask. Yeah. So it's not upon them to necessarily tell you, but if I ask and you lie to me, I guess that's a bigger issue. I can't even believe we're having this conversation. Yeah. So, and that, that's kind of like when I was saying, like saying it was, it's not a first date conversation because you probably aren't bringing up whether you want kids or not on the first date either. Yeah. So I'm just getting to know you, knowing your personality, because we may not make it past the first date anyway. And like Byron said about, I don't want to blow my cover. I don't want to blow my cover with you if I'm not going to make it past the first date with you anyway. That's cool, uh, and so I think it's it's a before we have sex conversation, we need to have that conversation. Must have that conversation before then. Uh, yeah. But it, it it doesn't necessarily have to be on the the star the Starbucks coffee date, our first time meeting, and we're just kind of chatting it up, seeing do we even like each other. Um, I, I don't really see the point of bringing up that right then. But so I just I still like when you find out. Ooh. On the flip side, yeah. I assume what happened with Malik Yoba kind of brought up this question. And I will say, I did find it kind of weird that a lot of so-called straight men had such a reaction to him admitting that he's attracted to transgenders. Like, if you're a straight man, why do you care where he sticks his penis? I thought that was weird for straight men to so-called, you know, care and be outraged about that. But, you know, whatever. That just well, goes back to, you know, being outraged at people that are different from society. You know, yeah, I mean... That's a man code. Like, we have a very strict, very thin line of what we accept as men. 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 You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, but I mean... So, but, for how you were talking about, you know, you have a, a preference to cis women or whatever the term is. You know, oh, I, I've, I've, I've heard from like trans people and when I'm watching comedy shows and stuff like that, they like, don't knock it until you try it. You don't know if you prefer it if you ain't tried it the other way. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I have tried. <laughs> you like that yeah. very well, huh? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm more than satisfied, you know, so. It was hard to keep the last to myself because you, you brought up Dave Chappelle when you first brought up that question, Riley, and there's a skit on Chappelle's show from back in the day where these transgenders come up to the car and they're like, they've been out drinking all night and one of the guys get out 
And they like, that's a dude. And main man said, hey, a mouth is a mouth. That's getting cracking up. I was trying not to laugh during that segment because I kept thinking about it. But now that you say that, do you think you said you use the term progressive? And I feel like the world is eventually becoming more accepting of certain things. By the time our kids are old enough, you think that they'll be having the same conversation or will be more widely accepted? Because, I mean, it's probably similar to interracial dating. You know, it was so taboo years ago. And now it's... it's... Yeah, I could see it. it, Maybe not our kids' generation, but maybe a generation after that, it evolving to where it is so commonplace that people don't think twice about it. I mean, you got to think back in the Roman Empire and things like that, this type of thing happened all the time and nobody thought anything about it. So until the the Protestants came and made it like super taboo, that's when the, the gay community or anything became some weird thing that had to be shoved in a closet and became taboo. I mean, you go into places like Thailand where they have, I think it's 13 different genders that they actually identify. I don't even know how you have 13 different genders, but they have like a huge number of genders. Like it's boy, it, kind of like we were talking about. It's it's boy who likes boy, boy who likes girl, boy who's bi, girl who likes, and, and they actually have names for each one of those uh, where we really, you know, we have the LBGTQ, but other than that, TIA or IA, yeah. But, you know, I, I think society or our society because really a lot of times when we say the the conservative societies in the the world will start to swing back that way i i really do think that's going to happen with the age of information and how commonplace it is and you know i i hear a lot of people talk about they don't want to see gay scenes in tv and on tv and stuff like that but you know, those people that are saying that are those same people that or sound just like the people that were like, I don't want to see black people on television. Oh, they're taking all the roles or they're giving them more roles. Uh, you hear uh, I, I actually shared where uh, in I want to say in the heat of the night, the movie where the first time that a black person struck a white person back on television on, on the movie theater. So, you know, those things, that representation matters because it let people sh- stand up and say, I can be who I want to be. So I guess that is the progressive in me, um, Byron. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Byron is on you. Uh, well, fellas, as you know, football season is upon us. And I know we our views on the sport have, I would say, significantly changed a little since Kaepernick protested or whatever but i'm not really i'm not going to get into that lane you two both have uh sons and my question for you guys is given all that we've learned about concussions and the damage to the brain and the fact that an average nfl career is like what three to five years most of them end up broke like you really give your body we just saw the team I used to root for, the Indianapolis Colts, when I was a, a prominent NFL fan, uh, he he retired. He couldn't take the injuries. The crowd booed him yeah, in Indianapolis. Uh, and, I mean, you can defend them somewhat and say, well, it, it's how they found out. But at the end of the day, they booed this man because he chose 
to no longer sacrifice his body for our entertainment. And so my question to you guys is, you know, knowing all that we know about football, and it's a very popular sport, will you let your sons play football when they become of age? Fur, you want to jump on that one first? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things. You know, there's two sides to me on everything. The the macho man in me, of course you want your son to play football. You know, you want to be able to go to the, the game and see him knock somebody out and do all that stuff. But at the same time, I don't think it's worth it, especially the way these kids are being bred and taught these days. And that's like in all sports, man. I mean, sports science is crazy. I mean, these kids are on true workout plans and taking supplements and vitamins at early ages. I remember our idea of a training regimen when we played high school ball was, you know, uh, so creatine. <laughs> we weren't taking creatine back then. That was, that was, you were all in there. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was more so, you know, eating your carbs and no sex. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was training, man. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it, it's crazy to see how these guys are looking and being trained. <laughs> you, you, you no, that funny? When, you, when you said that, you made me think about Sherman and uh, our coach. <laughs> I saw Sherman Cooley hooked up with some <laughs> <laughs> when his mind should be on football. <laughs> oh man! Oh, rest in peace, uh, yeah. Coach Parker. That was those were the days. But no, it's it's is it worth it? Now, I was joking with somebody the other day saying if my son wanted to play football, I would get him in the best shape I could and make him the baddest punter or place kicker in the world. Like, I want him to be looking like an outside linebacker, 220, 6'2", nothing but pure muscle. Coach begging him to play outside linebacker, but no, Coach, I kick the ball. That's all I do. <laughs> I think about punters. Think about punters and place kickers. These dudes play to their late 30s, 40s, and be yoked, making $1.5 million a year. Oh, well, that's my son's goal. That's his football goal. So I'll put him in soccer first. But now they're talking about uh, they're talking about uh, brain injuries in soccer. Mm -hmm. it's, it's everything because they're getting faster, stronger. It's sports. It's, sports is really not safe. Yeah. You know, soccer's about, a really physical sport. People, uh, you know, yeah. if you don't watch soccer, you think that, oh, it's it's not a big deal. But no, I mean, they, they tackle and they bump and they hit. I mean, they run into each other just as hard and they don't have on any pads or protective gear. Yeah. Well, they're talking about concussions now. Concussion yeah, protocol. that's what I mean, because yeah. Heading, heading the ball, like years of heading that ball and uh, traumatic brain injury. So I was watching something the other day on that. So hopefully my son can be in academics and own an NFL team or something one year, one day. So What about you? Um, I want my son to run to, cross country. No, I want him to be a Madden superstar. So oh, he can play the E-game. He can do some eSports. But no, I we we've had that conversation about Oliver, and we aren't going to put him into football. We aren't going to force the issue. But if he comes out and says, "I want to play," we we will one let him play flag football probably up till high school or or you know late middle school. So then he can get the fundamentals. He can get you know he can work out and everything, but he can be at at, at a size and a skill level that he can at least protect himself and, and learn good form 
in it and understand how to how that form needs to happen. Um, so maybe he can protect himself a little bit better. Because the thing about it is, if if he comes up through baseball, he comes up through soccer and everything. I actually have him in gymnastics right now for balance, core strength, and things like that. Uh, when you talk about uh, strength building at this age, gymnastics is probably the best thing that you can put a child in athletic wise, uh, especially at a four at four years old. Uh, so he's doing that. He's really enjoying that. And they don't have many concussions in gymnastics. So that's what I'm thinking about. It's it, it comes down to if he's very interested in it, then I'm going to support that for him. Uh, but I am going to talk about what are the risks and everything like that. And that's why we want to put him in flag football until he we feel he's old enough to understand the risks and still say, yes, I want to play. And so that that's going to be a conversation that we'll have when he brings it up to us. But as far as trying to push him into it or trying to uh, say, yeah, we're going to put him in there so he can become this NFL uh, superstar. I'm not really with that. I, I'd much rather him play a different sport than football uh, and, and get there. I mean, golfers make plenty of money. And like Ferg said, they play into their fifties. You know, they have, they have the seniors, you know, he can he can play into his uh, late seventies if he really wants to, and he's good enough. So, getting him into golf, get him into something that's a little safer, uh, that he can actually have a longevity with, and still make pretty good money. Uh, so, because we're not chasing the the point zero zero one percent that actually make it into the NFL and and make beyond the league minimum or very close to the league minimum. I mean, that makes no sense for us to try to do that when there's so many other things that we can do. Uh, I, Unless he's I, a yoke punter or a kicker. Yeah. I asked that question, man, because there's been like a huge drop off on the amount of kids that's playing football now. And I just wonder, is that trend going to continue? And will that league ever be in jeopardy one day, like 25, 30 years from now, with, with the lack of kids that are, that are playing? Well, I, I, think it's a, I think it's a couple of things. I think it's the awareness of what's going on. And also, we've learned more, and this isn't your way out. You know, I think back in the day, and I hate using the term, but at one point it was like sports or, you know, rapping or drugs. That's how you get out. That's how you get out of the hood. Like, there was rap, a lot of rap, crack a ball. Yeah. <laughs> and so now it's, hey, you can go, there's a lot more opportunity. You're having generations of people who are introducing their kids to more than just football, because in every hood, there was a football team. Mm-hmm. You know, not one day did my mom look at gymnastics, water polo, swimming, any of this other tennis, you know, any of the other things. It's I'm hoping <laughs> we, we keep incorporating more activities into our kids. And I can't remember what or where I saw it, but somebody made the statement that, you know, black people would dominate gymnastics if we didn't th- think it was gay. I, <laughs> so, you know, it, it's. Black people think gymnastics is gay? For a man, a like you think about how many dudes you know gymnastics. Yeah. Uh-huh. But when you think about it, how many how many kids in, in the hood could backflip like nobody's business? You right. know, go uh three, four gainers and stuff like that in a row. But you know, it, it's one of those things that it is considered a quote air quotes gay sport. So everybody wanna be football players they want to do you know baseball basketball the big three and they forget about those other sports but i i think like to byron what you were talking about 
I don't think the sport's going to go anywhere. I think it's going to get watered down probably. Um, you know, the, the best talent may or may not end up in the NFL because you may have somebody that could have been the next, you know, OBJ, but end up saying, nope, I'm not playing football. It's, and, it's kind of play something different. It's kind of what happened to boxing a little bit, where guy the big guys, especially heavyweight boxing, the big guys that would be in the heavyweight division started going to football more, and boxing lost out. Like you say, it kind of got watered down a little bit. So, I will say I don't have a son. If I did, I think I would probably go uh, Ferg's route, where it's not something that I would sign him up for uh, now. 10, 15 years ago, oh, yeah, because I, I definitely wanted to be that dad at the game, cheering my son on, but as I've learned more, so I wouldn't have, I wouldn't put it on him. But if my son came to me and that's really what he wanted to do, I you know definitely would talk to him about the dangers of it. If he still wanted to do it, all right, let's, let's do it. But just curious what you guys uh, thought about that and if you had thought about it at all. So Yeah, and, and I mean, it goes back just... to uh, Blackish. You, you talk about liking Blackish. This episode where uh, you know they they let um, what's his name, the younger son, uh, play Jack. football. Jack, Jack. Yeah, yeah, they let Jack play football, and then uh, Dre sitting in the stands, and like all these big buff kids are there, like rooting Jack on. He's like, your kid doesn't play football. He's like, oh no, no. they have concussions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. But I mean, the thing about it is, you think about football, but and it's probably because we're men, but. There's just as just as much danger in the rest of these sports, you know. Um, are you gonna let your girls play these, you know, softball? I mean, soccer. I mean, there's there's some serious injuries, you know. Um, and just figuring out what's best for your kids, and not necessarily leaning just to sports to be their way out, and you know, finding other ways to entertain them. Yeah, and and but with that, you have to find that balance of it just being sports and them being active and good cardio. And it's just fun to play versus trying to go up that kind of professional route where I'm knocking heads in every time I go on the field, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a nice little pickup game. There's nothing wrong with going out and playing a softball game. I mean, there's, there's 30, 40 year old guys that go do softball leagues uh, right now. And I'm telling you now they're not trying to go out and hurt each other. You know what I mean? They're not trying to go for the fence every time. Well, they might be swinging for the fence every time, but you know, I, I think we have to ba- find that balance there too is like you're saying, it's not the way out. So I don't need you in softball all year round because that's another thing is kids aren't getting time to rest anymore. It used to be, you had a softball season, you had a baseball season, you had a football season and that was it. You might do some summer practice and, and, and that be it. And then go into the fall season. But now there's fall ball, there's spring ball, there's summer camp there, you know, you right back in the fall ball. So these kids don't get a chance to rest, especially if they're doing single sport. So that's one way that you can really make sure that your kid is being well-rounded, staying active, but not overusing one thing by just, oh, I'm only working on football, you know, because it's it's going to be different muscle sets if they go from track to football to, you know, and that type of thing. Now so that that'll help them that. too. They're encouraging that. These kids are multi-sport uh, kids now. I mean, they're, they're doing it all. Mm-hmm. So I remember – our coach was not with that. Track coaching like football, football coaching like track. So, well, all right, fellas. Um, 
we had a, a fun episode. We talked about a lot. Hopefully we didn't um piss too many people off. Piss too well, many cor- people off. Um, cor- according to y'all, I did. So we'll see what happens. I don't know what you said, man. So that might be the, the clip for the week. So we'll see. <laughs> wow, you put me on blast like that. Yep. Okay. We'll see, man. We don't, we don't know. But uh no, nah, bro, you didn't say anything too bad. But man, as usual, it's fun. Uh you know, one of the things I look forward to every week. So, Raji, uh, got anything you want to say to the people? Nah, man, just keep listening. Keep uh, sticking with us. We're going to get better and better. Be ready for uh, the live episode that's coming in November when we hit the all-class reunion for uh, LaFleur. So be ready for uh, to hear us all out. Uh, just echo what my man Raji said. Uh, we sincerely thank you guys for listening. It, it's why we do this, so that people will listen, hopefully, so, uh, and you guys have, so we thank you for that. Please subscribe. Uh, as I always say, tell people about the show, help us spread the word. We love the interaction on social media. We're on Facebook, three brothers, no sense. We're at Twitter. We're on Twitter at brothers sense. And we're on Instagram, three brothers, no sense. So please follow us on all three platforms. We actually, we're not like other podcasts. We post the same thing on every platform. Each platform has a different post. So, you're going to want to follow all three. So just thank you guys for tuning in, man. All right. Well, Buzz, I saw you um, post something the other day about some other podcast you were looking at that you were uh, listening to. Oh, yeah, I did. A, I took a screenshot of uh, and made it like my cover photo of all the podcasts I listened to. Dan Lebatar, Bomani Jones. And uh, it's, a, it's a, a new podcast that you put me on, Ferg. Uh, I'm probably yeah. going to mess it up. Film Noir, Noir Files. Yeah, Film Noir Files. Uh, I've been checking them out. I've listened to three episodes. Their their latest one, um, "Why You Still Effing with Me," Part Two, and there's another one I listened to, and it, it's it's been pretty good so far. Man, one of them told a funny story about a dude how he dipped out on the check, and he pretended like he had a phone call from work, <laughs> and then he shot a text and said, "Hey, next dinner's on me. I appreciate it." Hey. <laughs> <laughs> So, if ladies, if y'all listening, that was gold right there, man. <laughs> but no, man. I mean, these ladies definitely put me up on game. It's funny. They mentioned something that I didn't even know was that serious. So, a few episodes ago, I kind of hinted at uh, Hot Girl Summer. But my idea of Hot Girl Summer and what these ladies were putting me game, putting me up on is completely different. It They are... Yeah, it's serious out there, fellas. They, I mean, speaking of football, they broke it down in like football terms. Yeah, like like scouting the draft preseason. <laughs> man, there's rules to this game. I mean, I would hate to be out in these streets like that, man. They 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 can't feed you, man. I didn't know that. No sleeping over. It's it's, it's real out there, man. Um, yeah. You young men that are out there still out there in these streets. Uh, good luck. But uh, yeah. I didn't hey, think, fellas, go listen in. Maybe you can get some uh, nuggets that you can take back. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But I really appreciate it. I mean, it's definitely uh, some women that I've known for a while and I respect. They all went to uh, FAMU with me. So I've known them for going on probably 15 years now, if not longer. So uh, I'm proud of them. And we'll keep putting people up on new podcasts we listen to and we want to share the knowledge that we're, we're getting from other people. So hats off this week to Femme Noir Files. Definitely go take a listen. And once again, your favorite podcast, Three Brothers No Sense. We'll check you next week. <laughs> <laughs>